Welcome to Home to Her, the podcast that's dedicated to reclaiming the lost and stolen wisdom of the sacred feminine. I'm your host, Liz Kelly, and on each episode, we explore her stories and myths, her spiritual principles, and most importantly, what this wisdom has to offer us right now. Thanks for being here. Let's get started. Hey, everybody, it's Liz joining you as usual from Central Virginia and the ancestral lands of the Monica Nation. And I am so glad that you're here. If you want to know whose indigenous lands you might be residing on, check out the site native-land.ca. Um, pretty cool. They, they show not just the United States, but um, I think they've got a map of the whole world. It's kind of neat. So I'll put that in the show notes, but um, that might be a good thing for you to research. And before we jump in, uh, I just want to mention my book, Home to Her, Walking the Transformative Path of the Sacred Feminine. If you're into this conversation of the sacred feminine, you like it, you've been here for a while, or maybe you're new to it and you reading is your thing, then um, check out the book. It's uh, published by Womancraft Publishing, and you can order it directly from them, which I always encourage because it's just an amazing woman-owned business, and I, I like to support them. And then I also have to do a little, you know, self brag here that um, my book won a 2023 Nautilus Gold Award for um, these. Those are books that are um, that promote spiritual growth and conscious living and sustainability. So it's a big deal for me. I was pretty excited to get it. Um, so if you're interested in the book, go and check it out. And if you've read it, I would be so grateful for your favorable reviews. Those are particularly helpful on Amazon and on Goodreads. Um, yeah. And I'd love to hear from you too. Send me a note, email or um, via social. I love to hear uh, what's coming up for you and what you think if you've read it. And then the same goes with this podcast. If you are listening and you enjoy it, I would be so grateful for your reviews. Reviews on Apple podcasts really help, but I'll take them anywhere. And same thing, if this sparks thoughts for you or ideas, anything you want to feedback, feel free to reach out. And then one last plug here. If you are interested in these spiritual dialogues and you just happen to want to travel to Chicago this summer to be at the Parliament of World Religions, um, come and join me. I'm going to be part of a panel discussion with four other incredible women. We're going to be talking about um, how to foster intersectionality in earth-based traditions. This is, feels like such an edgy and important topic, and I'm, I'm just really honored to be a part of it. And from what I understand about the Parliament, there are thousands of people who come to this from all over the world. So I think it's going to be really special. Um, so yeah, I'll put this, I'll put the registration details in the show notes in case you want to check that out. And with that, let's get on with it, shall we? All right. So I met my guest today late last year when my book was coming out. And I had the honor of being a guest on her podcast. Um and I just, I really, really loved that conversation. There are sometimes, you know, I'll, I'll have conversations with people and I feel like I've just walked away with a, a new friend and no pressure to my guest here. She didn't feel the same way, <laughs> but um, that's how I felt after that conversation. Um, and I just loved her energy, her spirit and all the things she's bringing to the world. So I knew that I wanted to have her join me on this show. And I know that we have a lot to talk about. So let me go ahead and introduce her to you now. Hannah Wallace is the host of the podcast, Finding Grace. 
where she holds space for conversations about what it means to find grace in the world we live in today. As someone who lives with a life-altering genetic condition, her mission is to guide people to integrate their darkness and light by finding grace in the space they're in. Hannah is also a disability model, an advocate, a writer, blogger, speaker, and priestess. And she is joining us today from her home in Plymouth, Devon, in the UK. Hannah, thank you so much for being here. I'm so glad this is finally happening. I am so glad this is finally happening. And I'm, you know, thank you for that beautiful introduction. And I felt exactly the same after our conversation. It felt, you know, when you have a conversation, it feels like a warm hug and your cup, you come away with your cup feeling overfilled. And it really did feel like that. So it's so good to be back on the other side of the microphone being interviewed by you and and having the opportunity to share in a different way than what I normally do. So yeah, great to be here today. Yes, I know we're going to have lots to talk about. And, um, you know, obviously this will be in the show notes, but you really should check out Hannah's podcast. It's beautiful. She does this nice blend of talking to um, different people, but then also sharing your reflections so, so beautifully too. And um, it's, it's really special. I do, I do love what you're doing. So listeners go, go check it out after this for sure. Mm, Um, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I I usually like to start with people by asking about your spiritual background and what it was like for you growing up. Um, And I am always curious about that. I'm curious about how that, you know, intersects with the sacred feminine at some point, but I'm also curious about, was it helpful for you? Was it not helpful for you? What did you keep? What did you feel like you needed to toss out? What, what pointed you in the right direction and what maybe misguided you? So uh, if that's all right with you, I'd love to start there. Oh, I love this question. <laughs> and it's funny because I, I guess not a lot of people always ask me that question directly. So from a very, very young age, I kind of knew I was a bit different. Um, and I grew up with very kind of around very, should we say, regular people. And by the time I was like 11 or 12, I decided I was getting into like yoga and meditation and like angels and all of these things and I was just known amongst everybody kind of that was around me as as the weird one really but (laughs) thankfully for me it was it was like really accepted and I just read and got into it and you know my I had very normal friends so I had nobody in my life doing this so it was just me solo just me and you know I would read books I would you know, I, I practiced as well with, with with the yoga and, you know, got my first decks, my angel cards, my, my tarot decks. And th- this went on for a period of time. And when I was 17, I became very, very, very sick. I, like we're talking like life changing, like overnight from a normal active teenager to becoming like basically bed bound. And I think that was the the point in time where I understood what faith was and I understood what spirituality was because it was it was almost like the darkness came overnight mm. and um it I I felt lost in that darkness but there was that 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 glimmer of light and hope because of the background that I'd already come from that once the initial shock of what what was happening to me kind of sunk in and I was just able to kind of process the fact that I, I needed to survive to be kind of for a few months, just be okay, you know, learn to be able to get out of bed and function in a normal way. It was then that because really Western medicine didn't have so much to offer me at the time, 
my mum and I embarked on a more alternative journey, you know, beginning with with acupuncture and and these kind of things. And obviously, luckily, because my mind was open to these things. And at the same time, I was still continuing my my meditation and, and, and yoga practice. And I think it was really then that I really understood the power of the angelic presence in my life, because mm. I felt so disconnected from from everyone in my life and and the world and almost like very alone I was very loved because I was obviously very very supported you know thankfully but no one really understood what was happening to me barely I understood what was happening and it was it was almost that faith in in a really weird way and the fact that I could access books you know back in the day when pretty much it was just your hey house books that we would pick up you know this is 25 years ago so it was very limited and very niche and my sister actually worked in Waterstone so she would bring me home the books that I liked and this this really began my my spiritual path very much solo and alone at that point because really there wasn't like I say many people in my life so I just I just sunk into it I I simultaneously continued to have all the normal people around me but I was embarking on this journey and in a way it saved me it it helped me eventually get myself out of depression because obviously when you're really sick and you're young and your whole life is turned upside down you know I got depressed and really I look back now and I understand that was grief. And I, I'm really thankful to the kind of very regular doctor that I walked into when I was like, you know, in, in a pretty bad way. And I said to her, I, I need tablets. I need I need help. Like, I, I can't cope. And she said, I think you need to grieve. Mm. And that was like a fairly shocking thing to say to a 19 year old when you're thinking, what are you talking about? And she said, you need to grieve because the person who you were at 17 has, has gone like mm. need to catch up with yourself. And, and that was very liberating to be told that. And, and I feel that it was a very healing process to be put on. And it took me a few years to get to a point where thankfully I was far down a rabbit hole at this point, trying anything I could get my hands on to help myself, you know, any, any alternative therapy that was out there, I was, I was like, I need to try this. I need to do this. I always had the base of my spiritual practice of meditation and and prayer and 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 that faith that just kept me going. That 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 an answer would have to come and then that support. But it really was a moment when I got to a point where I thought I have a choice here. I might not be able to control what's happening in my body, but maybe I can help my mind by choosing peace. Mm. And ultimately, that point when I was about 20, changed my life because it was like the liberation of, okay, I can, I can work with this. I've got something to work with now. And that that's taken me to where I am now on a very long, as you can imagine, journey of ups and downs. And it took me 10 years to find out what was, what was wrong with me as well. Um, and, and that in itself was, it was a whole journey because think during parts of that I used to think I know something is really not right here but then I'd be on this spiritual path where I'd be thinking you know I'm doing all this work and why why am I not this fully healed you know what why is the divine not come down and heal you know like all of these questions that we that we're going to have on these paths and 
I think it was that was my journey that's where finding grace came from because ultimately it was a point where I had to meet myself with grace and be like you're human you're human living this spiritual experience give yourself grace and it was pulling back and eventually by the time I entered into my 30s I realized I spent a large proportion of my life very dedicated to my path like separately you know I'd been going through this health crisis but at the same time this deeply spiritual path, which kind of, I always separated between the two. I always saw myself not as this sick person, but more as this, I was on this spiritual path. And thankfully, by this point, I'd met quite a few people along the way who were more similar to me, which was great because going it alone for a long time, you, you know, it can feel very lonely. Um, And it's led me to where I am today. And I feel grateful and I feel I feel grateful with with work you're doing with the sacred feminine. It, I feel the goddess and the sacred feminine has showed up for me so much along the way, and and been a guide, and and made me remember who who I am, despite everything. That at the core of everything, there there is this light, this presence, and that even when I've had to walk, you know, in the darkness, the underworld there's there's always been that grace and that light and and you know that is testament to all this this energy and this sacredness that exists you know within us among us and around us below us and above us yes Mm, oh I love that and I want to hear you talk more about this relationship to the sacred feminine but but before that I, I want to ask you a question about um so I think that there can be, I'm just curious about how you related to your, um, I don't, I don't know, Hannah, help me with the right words. I was going to say your condition. Does that feel right? Like your, because you have a genetic condition, right? It is something you live with. It's not going away. Is that correct? Yeah, it's, it's, it's there. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And, and please feel free, by the way, if I fumble around to just, you know, correct me, um, point me in the right direction, but, um, but I guess a question that I have is I think sometimes if you are, if we are looking at um, like spiritual information and how to understand illness or chronic illness, there can almost be, there can be a way of looking at, well, if you just cleared out this energy vibe in your body, then I'd be better, right? I I had a, you know, two or three year period of chronic pain that took a really long time to figure out. And so I feel like I went down that rabbit hole a lot. Well, if I just processed my anger more or, or, you know, there's, there's, and I think there's that undercurrent there can be in the spiritual community. And so I'm curious if you ran into that kind of understanding what was going on with you and how, how you reconciled that or worked, worked with that and got to this point of grace that you're describing. Well, I absolutely felt that. And I, I think I felt it very, very early on because I, you know, I guess in my naivety, I'd I'd read various books, read various stories. And I assumed that if I followed the protocols, did the stuff, did the clearing, showed up, you know, however challenging, however hard the journeys, the processes, the ancestral clearing, I mean, you name it, you know, it got to the point where I I think I would have eaten poo. You know, it was like that level of extremity, wow. which is, 
which in itself I realized is is that like there's a line and I think what what I came to realize is that life isn't black and white life isn't linear being being human isn't linear and we're, we're not we're not here to be perfect and I think what I was doing was showing up to this world and showing up in this ways. If I show up as the A-star student to spirit, I'm I'm going to get that. And, and and that's, shall we say, the slightly the undercurrents you talked about, the, the toxic spirituality, that it exists. And I think it's a slightly taboo thing to talk about, that it's almost like if you're not better, if you're not perfect, um, there, there's something wrong with you and and I'll, I will tell you for, for a long time I battled with this thing of like I had the normal kind of outside should we say that the regular world being like okay you're not better like this is you know like I had that that view and then I then the world where I almost had sought my peace and solace I also had this other this other spiritual view and I had to come to a place where I was like I need to let go I need to surrender and I just need to do me. And I realized that it, it, in in all of this, this journey that I've been on, that I'd almost stopped being me. I'd stopped having fun. I'd stopped being human. And my life was like dedicated that if I do this, you know, this is going to be my answer. And it was actually, thankfully, a, a therapist who I was seeing, you know, a, an alternative therapist, um, and she put a question, you know, obviously I was paying this person and she asked me one day and she said, um, have you ever thought about giving up? And I looked at her like, what? <laughs> I'm paying you. And you've just <laughs> said to me, have you thought about giving up? She said, well, I'm just curious because she said, I think you need to let go. And she said, I don't want to take your money anymore. She said, I, I, I really like you and I'm happy to come to your house for a cup of tea. But she said, I think you just need to live your life. And, you know, I, I joke that was like the come to Jesus moment of like, I mean, it took a long time to land with me because the part of my brain that was so used to what can I do next? And, and believe me, the the lesson from this has, has, has continued to follow me like into my 30s whenever like something would happen. Um, if something new happened to me, I would instantly end up down this obsessive rabbit hole. And it really wasn't until a couple of years ago that I decided to look at this pattern and understand my nervous system for pretty much the entire time, which no matter where I'd gone to, no matter where I'd seen, no matter you know how out there, no one had just turned around to me and said, your nervous system needs some peace and needs some regulation. And it's not about all of this stuff. It's about you being happy. Hmm. And I remember thinking, like, in all of the things that I was doing, no one ever once turned around to me and said, how about making happiness your priority? How about making joy your priority? How about having fun is as making it your priority? And I realized I felt guilty for doing those things. If I, you know, wasn't seen to be out there healing or doing the right thing, there was this guilt. And so yeah, to answer to your question, it, it it's been a long ride and it's taken a lot of unpacking, a lot of unraveling and a lot of discomfort having to meet a world that 
I, I, I've had to meet the world of like the Western medicine world with the blocks that you find there. And then had to meet the world that I thought would be my answer. I had to meet that as well. And I think for anybody listening, because I will guarantee you, having had this conversation with many people with this journey that I've been on, mostly behind closed doors, because people are afraid more to talk about it, that a lot of people feel these things and they they don't know how to navigate it because they don't know how to put words to it in a way where they don't want to be, quote unquote, saying the wrong thing or saying the negative thing or, you know, well, if I say that, it means that I don't want to get better or something or all of these crazy things. And really, you know, my, my, my invitation to anybody is live your life, choose love, choose, you know, before we began this conversation, I shared with you about the loss of somebody that I really cared about. That was a real shocking moment in my life of, of being like all that time. And now that's gone. That person is gone. And we we waste so much time on all of these other things. And sometimes we need to choose life. We need yeah. to live. And it, it reminds me in that finding grace, in, the, in those moments of finding grace, that choosing life and meeting that every single day is the greatest gift in whatever way we are. Because I think it can get so confusing confusing and so so constricting when we, we often can think when we enter into these paths that we're choosing freedom right I, I'm sure you, you've been there yourself and we can end up constricting ourselves within those paths as well without us even realizing and that's part of our journey and part of our process but I think it's always having the awareness to be like if, if it's starting if you're starting to question yourself be like where is the constriction here because sometimes we're, we're 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 always we're always going for ourselves, because that's where our natural nature as humans, especially women, will tend to, to go for ourselves. The nature of blame, you know, like the, the the deep conditioning programming in the feminine that has existed through millennia, through all of our DNAs, our mothers, our grandmothers, all of those things, and it's it's that's it's on ourselves. It's your fault. Yeah, and I think. It's us as 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 women and and to help each other as well to say I'm here to, to help lift that burden and that, that it isn't always your fault. You know, like we have to take self-responsibility. I agree with that. But I mean, I took self-responsibility too far and I have had to go back many times to all those versions of myself and be like, I love you. And like lift lift those burdens where I pushed myself to the point where it was no longer healing what I thought yeah. was going to heal me was almost blocking me and I, and I, it took me it took me a long time to see it as well because it seemed so counterintuitive to the world that I felt I was was in so yeah, yeah. I mean it's a complex subject isn't it and I think it's it's like the goddess herself um that's that's why she shows up that's why she's come to unravel us in this way it's not it's not meant to be you know we want the linear we want the answer we want the masculine thing but the bottom line of it is it's um it's just not like that yeah what you're you're I'm so glad you said that as I was thinking about as we 
yeah, I want to weave in that that sacred feminine perspective. But what I was thinking as you were talking about this is that there's that and go figure. I see patriarchy everywhere. Um, <laughs> it's you know, but I think about what you're describing as um, like performative spirituality. Like if I just show up as a good person and a good girl, if I am a yeah. good girl specifically, then. Yeah then then the father god will see me even if we're not and what's so interesting to me is that you weren't describing any kind of restrictive um religious experience growing up and yet you know i i think we can fall into this thinking because it's like the soup that we're swimming in or like the it's the air that we're breathing and so that's what i'm thinking of well if i just do the right things then the divine will reward me and will see my my devotion, and then I won't be in pain anymore. And that feels like a very, that feels like a very patriarchal idea. Absolutely. And I, and I think it's a real moment for us all to realize that that is so heavily weaved. And, and, and I think, like, I'm sure yourself, I feel like some days I'm still unpacking that because we meet that in every aspect and every corner of our lives. It is, it's 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 raged forever right so and and it's it's us realizing that we're not meant to be perfect and I think you know something I look at in when you know in in this spiritual world especially we see you don't really see people of difference much or people showing up on public platforms and that has been something I have personally chosen to do you know quite a well-known author once said to me um where where there's a space I think it's time for someone to show up and I think that person is you and she was right like if there isn't space make space for yourself like and the more that people who are different do show up and the more that people are saying just because I quote unquote I, I'm seen as you know I could be seen as blocked or broken or however people would want to look I'm fine just as I am and I like I always remember and I, I was having a conversation with somebody um with some a project that, that I'm involved with and I said to this person I said really the quote that I want to use here is actually from Bridget Jones diary <laughs> the film where Mr Darcy says to Bridget I, I like you and I love you just the way you are and you know it was interesting that then she went to her friends and we talk about the patriarchy response and her friends were saying he, he likes you just as you are you're not too fat you're, you're not problematic you're not too, and that is all the the that's all of our brainwashing from patriarchy that we cannot show up just as we are yes and 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 why not and the more that we do that and we we say I'm I'm not here to be I'm not here to be the good girl I'm not here to be the shining uh the shiny penny I'm here to be just myself fully myself wholly myself and that in itself is so freaking holy like when I when I met myself in those ways I realized that is where the divine is 
Yes. Oh, I love that. I want you to say more about that too in the sacred feminine specifically, if that was like a moment. But one thing I want to say real quick before I forget, because I do remember on our conversation, you said something to the effect of, um, I don't remember how our conversation was going, but you said something to the effect of the goddess comes in a wheelchair too. And I'm like, well, hell yes, she does. Of course she does. It made me think of Another podcast guest that I had last year, Christina Cleveland, who's a black woman who wrote a book called God is a Black Woman. And her challenge to women, white women in particular, was like, if you were thinking of the black Madonna or the dark feminine in metaphorical terms, you have not gone far enough. God is a black woman. And until you can wrap your head around that, you haven't really understood it. And so I think what you're saying is so important and so powerful that that divine it doesn't look all the same and and finding the divinity in every aspect and every expression is the challenge and the gift Mm. and also that that people who are different in this world have been hidden or hide and and are afraid to show up and I know for me there was there was there was a lot a period of time where everyone was like, why aren't why aren't you doing this? Why aren't you showing up? Why aren't you talking? Why aren't you writing? Why aren't you doing? And I used, and and the god to honest truth was, I didn't feel worthy. I didn't feel good enough because I thought people were going to question. Mm. And thank God, the goddess, God, all of all of all of you above and below, to those humans that showed up and were like, no. The, the time is now and then when I did show up so many people said it's like you're not even just showing up as a new person and I was like that's because I've been doing this for years just not uh, you know in a more public mm. public way and and I want to go back to those versions of me and say you were okay to show up all of those times and I want people to look and anyone listening that feels different to say I can do that and I can be represented, I can be seen and and it's safe. And I think it, it boils back down to good old patriarchy because this is deep, deep, deep brainwashing that we all have that it's almost not safe to be seen unless you're showing up in the correct way. Yes. And we don't even know that. It's like It's like the kind of deeper consciousness nervous system of all these places that we believe are feminine or spiritual there's still an undertone of patriarchy and and I feel like those walls have finally started to come down and you know if, if we look around in this this industry we we don't see many people sat in wheelchairs on stages we we there are none <laughs> if I'm honest with you um yeah but, but someone's as as somebody I had somebody say not so long ago someone's got to come to the dance floor first Mm. so that's 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 me Uh and you know I think it's meeting people in those spaces and also giving each of us the courage because we've all got shadow right and even if we so-called look perfect on the outside we're all afraid of our shadow because we don't want people to see that that vulnerable side of ourselves and it's just in a way how i'm showing up in the world is it's it's out there it's visibly to be seen and it's no different than somebody's inner shadow as well and i think it's 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 that permission slip for us all to just be 
as we are. Uh-huh. And to know that that being isn't a static state either, right? Like just show up, like if you are also messy and um, insecure or whatever thing is going on for you, you're, you've got a raging headache. You're like, I don't know any of the, that, that all that's okay too. Like that, 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 that fluidity and flexibility is part of it. Mm. And, and actually that is what, what, what really at the core of what should be at spirituality and that, that I think we need to take away what we believe needs to be the fixed ideas of, of, of healing and realize like you say, with fluidity, we can continue to show up in different ways. The most healing thing we can do for ourselves is to do that. Mm-hmm. That's where the healing is. That's where the, the the magic is. And when we can start to see that, we 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 begin to embody that, and we embody our own truth. And I feel like the sacred she begins to show up through us in a different way and can channel through in in ways that we didn't even think were possible mm-hmm. oh. well yes and tell me tell me about the sacred she and what that means to you and, and i'd love to know if so you mentioned on your journey you felt like you know you developed this relationship um, with and you choose your language of you know divine mother sacred feminine divine feminine whatever feels right for you but do, was there like a specific point in your your health journey or your just overall spiritual journey that you felt like you began to understand this aspect of spiritual presence as having, you know, a feminine quality or, um, you know, what's that like been like for you? I feel like ever since I was a teenager, I, the, the aquarium reveling me always allowed her to be, I I felt this deep connection from a young age to always to mother Mary. Mm -hmm. And I, it was like the rebel in me that has always been there. Even in my darkest times, even in the times when I felt I, I lost my voice, that that rebel always knew the goddess was there. Or, you know, however you want to put, put, put use those words. I feel they're so interchangeable, changeable. But it, it was always felt. And I feel so grateful for that and I feel guided I I felt that guidance with me always to the point where actually um a few many years ago I had the I don't know if you know that the symbols related to Mary Magdalene the cross the cross this cross of camera 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 I can never pronounce it but it's an anchor across and a heart mm. and that for me was the anchor the anchor of love that was in within me and I I felt that and it's like wherever I've journeyed throughout this life I have it's fascinated me throughout art just in like regular you know patriarchal man painted art like I love how she has showed up and I've gone to galleries all over the world and I get excited because I'm like there she is showing up even though she can't fully put her name to this she's she's woven throughout these pictures throughout the you know you know especially like religious art for instance mm-hmm. or when I went to India to feel to feel the goddess and and Kali Ma and yeah that that has that has always been present with me and I think I don't even know where it came from I, I cannot describe this it's like my my soul knew 
it's yeah. it, it was like a knowing um that 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 existed that it felt like it was woven and it felt when when I used to bring it up when I was younger I felt all the resistance around me to it you know and it's been it has been truly magnificent to watch watch this unravel where it's it's so accepted in in ways that we never you know you know the the patriarchal you know aspects are still raging um but as we know Rome wasn't built in a day and you know it's it's a shift isn't it a consciousness shift and and it's happening but yeah I I feel blessed that that has been a deep part of my my journey wow. yeah I I sometimes wonder I'm like is it just me like I'm now that I'm on this path I just like meet people all the time who understand this it's far less likely that I'm gonna um, be in a situation where uh, maybe that's not entirely true but but I do feel like I see what you're saying that the sacred feminine is much more present like we talk about it this, this idea of goddess is it feels much more present to me than it did say 10 years ago when I was first kind of learning about this. And I'm like, is it just me? Like, if I just surrounded myself? Have I shifted my own worldview or is the world outside of me shifting too? I, I think it's both feels like both. I think it's both. And I think it's when, when we show up, um, when more and more of us continually show up, I think uh, you know, naturally life responds back to us in the ways that it needs to and yeah. it brings us the people the the teachers the lessons the magic in, in all of those ways it's it's that constant you know feminine web right that the interweaving the, the the lines that aren't straight and I think for me you know when I, when I was much younger I I followed a very a very tantric path as well and and I feel the goddess was very woven with within to, to much of that as well and also I had this wild idea when I was younger and I used to say to my my girlfriends the rebel side of me this this was you know well if men can do that then I can do what I want as well I mean obviously it's it was so holy holy shocking to everybody around me it was like I had this like deeply spiritual side then this deeply wild side well I'll do what the hell I want if they can, I can do it and and that was that was so shocking whereas now I think you know things are really changing and and I think for me there was a journey back to that for for so long I almost felt like I was having to almost compete against men to bring to bring that feminine whereas now I've been able to soften and release those layers and realize that those younger versions of me I don't need to I can just I can just be without having those walls up feeling I need to 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 do that anymore and and that for me was liberating too but I think it was frustration when I was younger it was a frustration that why does it appear to be that there's one rule for the masculine and another rule for the feminine and 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 my inner rebel struggled with that and was vocal with that um yeah. and yeah it's it, it, it you know it, it's been a journey of finding grace in all of the ways which is why I feel so deeply connected to that word and I feel um that she has shown up to me in that way and and, and brought me to my knees almost and brought me to grace um, yeah there's this 
A thing that I'm thinking about listening to you talk, I'm thinking of absence and presence. And um, so I actually kind of relating it to what you were saying early, earlier on about when you were like, I'll do anything, I'll try anything, like I got to figure out how to get better. And that perspective, and you tell me if this feels right, or, you know, feel free to refute that, but it feels like we're looking at what's not there. Like there's the absence, like there's the absence of the perfect state that I expected for myself. And then the shift into here's what is present. Um, It changes everything. And I, I was thinking about that in relation to the sacred feminine, because we can look at the world through both of those lenses. We could say her absence is glaring and it has been glaring over the last however many thousands and thousands of years. And it is wildly unfair and a crock of shit. (laughs) You know, we can say that and that that's a true statement. And I know for me, and I needed to be in that space for a little while. I needed to just be angry and frustrated and like, look at everywhere that this has been taken from me. But when there was a shift to, whoa, like, well, she can't be gone because she wouldn't have found me if she were gone. First of all, I wouldn't have found her. And then I start to see the presence everywhere, like everywhere. And um, I don't know where I'm going with that. I wanted to share that with you, though, um, because I, yeah, that feels like there's a, a thread of that in our conversation. I feel it's a really wise thread. And I think you are so right how I was looking for the absence and and basically what was wrong with me. Yeah. And I wasn't even seeing any goodness within myself as I was. And how can we, it was almost like I was doing all the, the, you know, quote unquote, the right stuff, the practices, but the true absence of love was the love I wasn't giving to myself. Mm -hmm. And, And and I wasn't meeting myself with that. And I, it was, it was uh, that absence was making me think I wasn't worthy. And that leaks into everywhere in our lives. And that's what I started to realize that we compartmentalize in life. And we think, well, I'm going to focus on this area of my life. But what you start to realize is it's actually leaked into every area of your life. And it wasn't until I really met that point of it's exactly what you said about starting to see the presence I was able to see glaringly how I had let that impact every single aspect of my life Mm -hmm. and 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 when we then have to come back to that place and start to see where is the love and then remember that I am the love and Mm -hmm. that it's been there all the time and that I was there all the time just disconnected and I wasn't even able to see it. And, 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 you know, it was almost like the very answers I needed, you know, very simply, which is, you know, what, what we all learned, it was, it was already there. And it's like what you said about what the goddess, she has always been there in her hidden spaces and she's been willing to show up to those who, who were ready to see her. And, I think it's how we shift our vision, what we're willing to see and what we're not willing to see. I wasn't willing to see that I was okay because everything in the world had told me that I wasn't okay. And I had, you know, sold myself into that narrative willingly um, under the guise of of being better. And I I'd lost the point of what even better was. I lost the point of what even truth was anymore. And 
And I think there are a lot of people in in that space and and they don't even, you know, the truth is they don't even know it because I think you can get so far lost down the rabbit hole that that you you don't even see the truth anymore. And, you know, it, it, it brings me such kind of gratitude to the, you know, to those one or two kind of people that were in my life that were like, you know, like what that therapist said to me, and like a few people said, well, what, why don't you just have some not controlled fun? Why don't you actually choose life, choose joy, choose to live? Like, and and that has been such to to fall back in love with life and and to not control because I feel like so many of us, especially women, like we look at what we can control in order to feel better because that's all we've been able to do. And it, it's what you said. It is. It, it's, it's everything is our shift in perception, right? Our, our shift from from fear into love, essentially. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and one one we you know I feel we have to continually meet ourselves with that. And that there's you know one of my favorite Rumi quotes is beyond you know there's a field I'll meet you there beyond the space of you know right and wrong and. It was only when I met myself in the field that I, be, you know, I, I met love. Mm. And and it was like the journey back to myself was the journey that was the most healing. And, mm. and you know, that, that was like so powerful to have to witness that for myself. But also I knew from that point that there would have to be voice put to this so that anyone else who who'd ever felt that could hear whether it's one person or whether it's a hundred or, or more that you know like that what happened there somebody can start putting voice to this I'm wondering how yeah and I you've, you're already weaving in this concept of grace here but I'm wondering then and I, I hesitate to ask you to define grace but but I that's what I'm going to ask you like a broad you know like so then it kind of feels like we've been talking about grace this whole time but what is your perspective on grace what does that what does that word mean to you um, in the context of all that we've been talking about here it means peace for me Mm. because for so long I didn't feel peace and I realized the greatest gift that we can have is is inner peace and I there's a story and I've told this story before that many years ago I read the book conversations with God and there must have been this simple exercise in there to to write something down what you really want and put it somewhere I put it in one of these money pots that you you have to crack open and um I put the little message in there and then forgot about it and then many many years later I was in India and I'd had a very deep and holy experience when I'd been at the Taj Mahal and, and I'd really felt like a cycle ending. Um, I'd almost felt like my entire life flashed before me in like a very small number of seconds. It was a very surreal experience. But when I got home, for some reason, I decided to get into the money pot. I, I'd actually managed to get most of the money out over the years that you put in. Because we always find ingenious ways when we need some cash, right? Mm-hmm. But what I didn't know was this message was in the pot. And I had I I couldn't even remember putting the message in the pot. So then I get open the pot and I see this bit of paper and I was like, 
holy moly what is on this piece of paper what did I want I suddenly remembered doing it and I thought was it love was it money was it set like what what was it and it simply said peace in a piece hmm. and it blew my mind because <laughs> I suddenly sat there and was like mother goddess you know whoever you I had that moment of and thankfully you helped me come to a place of more peace and I and, and it was a real defining moment to realize that what you know all of the wonderful material things that we, that we can want there is one thing beyond all of those things and it's peace and, and what that represents and for me that that is deeply woven into grace mm -hmm. Mm, I love that. Yeah, there's a thought that's been kind of floating around for me, and it's not very formed yet, but something around the idea of enough, which I feel like that could be another theme to what you and I have been talking about, like, is what I have enough? Is, am I enough? Am I good enough to, to am I worthy? Yes, yes. And that that absence of feeling enoughness, which we've outsourced, I think, in a lot of our spiritual traditions, and put that in the hands of of, of a being that we imagine to be totally separate from us mm. and then imagine like how we're trying to answer it, you know, based on church rules or whatever. And that, that, that feeling that lack of enoughness is perhaps one of many reasons why our planet is in so much trouble, because when you don't feel like you're enough, then you don't, then there's just this constant, like mindless trying to fill it with whatever it is. Like in your case with like some kind of healing modality, but we could go after money. We could go after status. We could go after power. And in doing so, we lose sight of course of relationships or anything else. And, and, and um, yeah. So I've been thinking yeah. about that a lot too. Yeah. It leaks everywhere. Like I said, what, what we don't realize is that, when we when we're in that energy space it that energy will leak into every area of our lives and 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 you know ultimately what you've talked about that not enough and that outsourcing is patriarchy right yes it's from from the the little girl versions of us that never felt enough and and she came with us on this entire life journey <laughs> And and is meeting us at all of our different different ages that are whatever we are, and 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 still meeting many of us until we say enough, until we draw the line, until we say I'm gonna be okay, and 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 it takes so much unpacking. I feel it meets us in layers. I feel it meets us in it. It will meet us as soon as we 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 have the awareness and we recognize that my goodness it meets us in all of the different places and spaces through people through things we will be met and and that's where the grace comes in because that's when we've got to meet ourselves with grace and we have to meet it with grace and yeah. just just remember be you know beyond all of that that there is this 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 deeper thread of, of mm -hmm. in, in the word love mm -hmm. yeah I love that and so tell us about tell us about your podcast then and then the other ways in which you are bringing this I, I start to say message which I feel it's like a little trite you know it's more than that but to tell us how you're you're presencing this in the world 
So I've got my podcast where I'm obviously interviewing a wide range of people. And obviously, as you pointed out, speaking myself, which was my which was the challenge to myself when someone said, how about just coming and showing up? So it's been it's been a real blessing to do my little 20 minute monthly episode, um, which I I started in the pandemic, actually, that the 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 solo the episode. You can find me there. You can find me on my website. I I do like a, a blog of just my musings. I have a newsletter and I am writing a book as well so there will be a deeper message and um you know someone that's ready to bring more difficult conversations to this world and also challenge some of the narratives that that many of us have bought into as well uh, mm-hmm. The inner rebel is ever fired as always. In in it's like it's like the goddess has a little sneaky laugh with me because she's like we we made this one a little bit rebelly just 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 for the laughs and mm. so yeah so so that's where you can find me and obviously on my social mostly on Instagram at the Hannah Wallace um yeah there is a good place where I'm continuously sharing you know this this perspective in in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on your podcast, um, how are you like, tell me some of the different ways you're coming at this idea of grace. Cause you've had a really interesting variety of people on your show. Um, so how, tell me about how you're, you're kind of creating that, so, curating that. You're right. Really, really. I, I trust my instincts. Um, if, if, if I feel like there can be a good conversation to have, what fascinates me is obviously the question I ask everybody is what does finding grace mean to you? And I love that no matter how many times you ask that question, a people love that question, but B that question brings up something different in everyone. And I, 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 I feel humbled by, by that really in that, there is so many facets to this and I find that deeply magical then to be able to weave a conversation through that to what that person's doing in the world and and what's bringing them joy and you know I I always ask people now I started to ask people what's bringing you joy right now not not what you're doing not what you're doing but what's bringing you joy it's making you happy beyond your your purpose beyond all this stuff what's really making you happy and for me, that 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 is that is grace as well, because I want to know. And the more we can get people aligned with that, the, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Oh, absolutely. I know. And I feel like that that feels like a really nice place for us to wind down to. And I, I want to leave that with the listeners. I feel like these are good questions. If you've got a few minutes to think about, like, where are you finding joy in your life? And what does finding grace mean? mean to you um and whatever answer that may be I can't remember what I said to you when I was on your show and it might be different today which is also okay right that 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 the answers can be fluid you know that you can have a different answer but also you know what's making you happy and 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 if and if you're not feeling happy what can you do to meet yourself there more I think mm-hmm. you know it's the one question we can ask yourself and what what what, what do you want you know what are you really sometimes it's more not what's not making you happy but what do you really want sometimes we know what we want that can bring us more happiness but we're afraid to go there so 
by asking that question, we we're giving ourselves the invitation to look at that as well. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm. Hannah, thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I'm it's an honor to be with you. Much gratitude. Mm. Much gratitude to you as well. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And um, I will make sure I put in the show notes all the different ways that you can find Hannah, her podcast, Finding Grace. But um, yeah, or all of her social, it will all be there. And um, to all of you listeners, thank you, as always, for coming along on this ride with me. Um, I'm grateful for you. Uh, I find joy and happiness in these conversations. And I've said it before. Uh, I'd probably do this if you weren't listening because um, I it makes me happy to do this, but it makes me even more happy that people want to listen in and be part of it. So thank you all for, for tuning in. And if you like the show, you can leave it a favorable review. You can uh, subscribe. You can tell a friend about it. You can do all those things. And until next time, take very good care of yourselves. And I will talk to you again soon. hosted by me, Liz Kelly. You can visit me online at hometoher.com where you can find show notes and other episodes. You can read articles about the sacred feminine and you'll also find a link to join the Home to Her Facebook group for lots more discussion and exploration of her. You can also follow me on Instagram at home to her to keep up to date with the latest episodes. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you back here soon.